It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You, and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. I would just say to anybody who's thinking about adopting a dog or a cat, just go for it. You will never look back. Hey, I'm Ryan Eggold, and I'm here with PETA and my dog, Jody. I'm a huge dog lover. We've always had a dog in our house since I was a little kid. My dog Jody's a rescue. I walked around the shelter and Jody just jumped up and was licking my hands and was like, we're friends, we're friends now, let's hang out. And since that day, we've been, you know, pretty much inseparable. Dogs just become part of the family so quickly. They're in your family photos, they sleep with you at night. There's so many great dogs out there that need a home and just have so much love to give. It's really sad to neglect those dogs for a dog because it has the kind of coat you want or something. I understand people's desire to want sort of this perfect dog, but you're not gonna be a rescue dog. They just have the biggest hearts in the world. For more information, please visit PETA.org. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome to Gina Gardner and Friends. And we've got a great show for you again today. I am so pleased to welcome my friend, Phil Street. Phil and I met at Collaboration Global, and you'll already have met Jill Tiny, who is the founder of that. But Phil has an amazing story and a great attitude to life. And the whole of today's show is about waking up to the power of, I can do it. Let me tell you a little bit about Phil before we start our conversation. Phil's worked in the hospitality industry for nearly 30 years, and he now has a recruitment company which focuses very much on the, on the hospitality industry. He's the host of two podcasts, his own one, which is called Hospitality Meets, and he also um, has a show on the Institute of Hospitality's official um, podcast station, um, and he's been doing that for a while. But actually, today we're going to be talking about Phil the Man and his attitude to life and the waking up to having a can-do attitude. So, Phil, welcome to the show. Thank you Thank so you much, much for joining me. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, I'm, I feel very privileged to be here today. Oh, thank you. So just explain to our listeners, um, you know, the, your background, how you came to wake up one morning and recognise that you needed a can-do attitude to life. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a very big question, but I, it's for me, it was very, very clear. I, uh, and I actually needed to be one of these people uh, that had something bad happened to them in order for them to start becoming themselves a little bit more, if that makes any kind of sense at all. I think I, I definitely uh, suffered through up until the age of about 39 with this uh, fear of other people's opinions. And that really restricted my own, well, I, I suppose my own belief in my own capability. And then cut to age 39, I got a, a diagnosis for a health condition called tethered cord syndrome and to to paint the very simple picture of that 
um, my my spine is tethered. Sorry, my spinal cord is tethered to my spine, whereas it should dangle free. And that's actually not had any kind of life limiting issues with me until that age. Um, but now I can recount. Actually, I can go back through my life and recount little episodes that now make a lot more sense. Um, and it was at the time when I got the diagnosis, uh, I definitely retreated into my shell a little bit with it. Why does this happen to me? All of these sorts of things. I suppose it's part of the process of figuring it all out. Um, up until that point, I was very, very physical. I, I enjoyed sport immensely and uh, spent a lot of time running and all of these things, which then at the time, the, the doctor told me, oh, you probably can't run now. And then, of course, you go uh, about your practice. Okay, I need to figure out ways of becoming more physical and all of these sorts of things. But at the same time, when you're telling everybody you know and love around this new thing that you've got in your life, they're also imprinting onto you all of the stuff that you cannot do anymore. Yes. Um, and I, I was believing it all, taking it all in. And then one day, and I have no idea why I had this epiphany, or why I woke up this day and and but I just had this very very simple mindset shift change. Stop focusing on stuff that you can't do, and let's start exploring the stuff that you can. And that's just made so much difference to my outlook, the way that I handle this. Uh, you know, the, the reality is is that everything is still possible. You've just got to test yourself. And don't let other people's opinions be the thing that gives you your own opinion. There's such a lot in there, isn't there? I mean, yeah, a lot to unpack. How many people um, are living their life through the lenses of other people's opinion? You know, I can't do that Absolutely. because, or um, people expect me to. And I think... So often that moment when you recognize that the, the opinion that matters most is your own, is a real watershed in people's lives. And some people never meet that. Yeah. And I think that it's important to make the distinction. That doesn't mean that you, you don't care about the impact of what you do or how you are on other people. That's not what we're talking about. But it is, it is when you limit yourself because other people have created their comfort zone for you. So you've got yep. your own comfort zone that you operate within, and then you've got other people's comfort zone. Um, and often people, for, for all the right reasons, because they don't want you to get hurt, will limit you. And I know Absolutely. that from, from personal experience. I mean, people on the show may not know that I am still a wheelchair user, although I can walk. Um, but I've had long periods of time when I have been uh, wheelchair bound. And my, I think one of the reasons why this theme resonates so much with me is having a can-do attitude has made an enormous difference to my life. But let's carry on in the sense that you've woken up, you've decided you're going to have a can-do attitude that's not determined by other people. Yeah. So what now? How did life change? Yeah, well, it changed immeasurably. And uh, well, I, I say it changed immeasurably. My outlook changed immeasurably. And now it's, it's I suppose it's one of those things. It's, it's kind of also, it's a blessing and a curse because 
now I'm not content. I, um, you know, I, I feel like I have so much to do. It's like an awakening. That's, that's the only way to kind of describe it. And, I, you know, I've been having been restricted by all of uh, all of my life by thinking about, you know, uh, oh, what will people think if I do this and all of that sort of stuff. And now and now I'm like, well, just do what feels right to you and then worry about any consequences of that later. That's from a, a I should say, I do generally know the difference between right and wrong in my own mind. Yeah. I'm not off to, I'm not about to go off and do anything tragic or horrible, but um, um, yeah, it's there was this moment where I thought, right, okay, so at the moment, this um, condition that I have doesn't limit my life too much. There are little bits and pieces here and there. I have uh, intermittent pain down my left leg. My uh, outside toe has started to curl under, um, which basically means that the signals are not getting down to the the foot as as well as they used to my lumbar region is affected so that's toilet function just means that i've got to plan journeys a little bit more than perhaps other people do um but all none of these things i would consider to limit my life in any way but it is a deteriorating ailment and it is likely to get worse over time so um i can still choose to go for an operation to fix that but in my case, it's a very complicated operation and it's very high risk as a, re a result of it, which could mean uh, opening up other issues uh, which are far greater. So I'm still weighing all this up in my mind and still doing a lot of research as to what's right and wrong to do with this. But in the meantime, I got to thinking about the, the future, really, and what might that look like in 20, 30, 40 years time, if I'm lucky enough to, to make it that far. And um, there's a charity uh, called Shine uh, that uh, deal in the, here in the UK. It, they deal with uh, spina bifida and related ailments. And this ailment that I have is, uh, is on the, the spina bifida spectrum. Right. Um, so I thought, well, maybe one day I'll need these guys. So why not do some fundraising for them now while you can? I'm going to stop us there. We're going to go for a short break because we're going to explore the what you're going to do when you come back. So please don't go away. See you in a moment. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school and graduate debt-free. That education helped me get to the first day at my career, a job that I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from my service helped me buy my first home. And I take pride knowing I will be the first to respond if my community ever needs me. To learn more, visit nationalguard.com. Fact, we all love video doorbells. Voice assistants have changed our lives. We now control our home with a touch. Indoor and outdoor cameras help us keep watch. We want to guard our lives and hold tight to our loved ones everywhere. And you know what's better than all these things by themselves? All these things together from the most trusted name in security, ADT. Welcome back. So Phil, you've decided to help the charity that helps people who have um, spina bifida and related um, conditions. So what are you gonna do? Well, I, um, I've always been somebody that craves 
experience. That's not changed through uh, an outlook uh, at all. I've always been the sort of person that what it has to offer. And so I thought, what can I do to, to fundraise? And so I thought, well, you can't, well, maybe you can, but let's not focus on a run at the moment in time. Because to be honest, I mean, the doctor did tell me that I can't run. I have since tried and I have good days and bad days. And it's one of those things that, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to push myself into a physical activity that relied on me to be, yes. um, you know, fitting well on a, any given day to go and do a marathon or, or whatever it might be. So um, I thought, well, but you, you can still walk. So let's, let's look at doing a, a walk. And my brain cut to straight, straight to, okay, well, you don't want to do any walk. <laughs> you want to do something that brings that experience element, yeah. element to you, that, you know, that something that you can go out and, and, and really, really get uh, involved with. And so I just cut straight to Land's End to John O'Groats. Which now, is... for people who don't know, that's from the very top of the UK to the very bottom of the UK. Yeah. How many miles? It's uh, one. Th uh, well, it depends on the route you take, but um, that, my objective for this is to do an off the beaten track route rather than roads and yeah. and things like that, which is longer. Um, so that takes it into the realm of a, of about one thousand two hundred miles. And that's over a wide variety of terrain. Yes, yeah, very much so. Some flat, some, some hilly. hilly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some more than hilly. Um, and uh, how long are you planning for this to actually take? That's a little bit up in the air because um, through, it's funny how things happen, but through the context of being quite open about my uh, condition and talking to pretty much anybody who wants to listen to me about it, um, that put me in contact with somebody who's a, a producer for a film making company and they picked it up and said, this is actually a really interesting story. So we've en entered into many, many conversations around how and when. Um, and um, so now that's, it's not just about planning a walk, it's about planning a film. Yes. Um, as well. And that, that again, that, that really appealed to my experience part. This is a new thing for me to go yeah. and make a film about something. Um, but also then to the goodness that that can do, actually, because it's not just my own experience, then somebody else out there who might be experiencing similar, not even similar from a conditional perspective, but actually just a, a challenge and, and yeah. recognizing that the limitations you put on yourself are becoming a reality, don't they? Yeah, totally. And I think I've always viewed myself as kind of Mr. Joe Average, really. And so even if now I'm kind of coming out of that a little bit, this hopefully this film will also demonstrate to people that it, if you are kind of just a regular person getting on with your life, doesn't mean that you can't go off and do something really incredible. I find that interesting at so many levels that you know by creating doing something that challenges you and challenges your preconceptions about who you are and what you can do, there is a huge impact on on one you as a person. And I'll share a story in a, in a moment in terms of my watershed moment. 
then there's the issue of you're going to raise money for, for and and awareness for the charity, um, which in itself leaves a different sort of legacy in that that then can go on to create resources and, and help for people in a similar situation. Yeah. But the third level leaves a legacy which is very different and so much bigger in the sense that it'll reach more people. People who don't have the condition can then take on board the principle of how are you limiting yourself? Here is somebody who considers themselves Joe Average, who has done this amazing feat despite the challenges. What are you going to do? And also people who have the, the physical challenges recognising I could be self-limiting. I can have a go at something more. Yeah. My watershed moment, um, as I said to you at the beginning of the programme, um, I've been a wheelchair user um, since 1987 and I've had long periods where I've been completely wheelchair bound. I ran a school from my wheelchair and whilst I was serving as a, a, a principal or head teacher, um, I worked in a number of different ways because the school budget was so poor. Um, and so I would go out and work with other schools. I worked as an advisor for the government. I worked for the National College of Leadership. And people would look at what I was doing and saying, you know, that's amazing. You're doing it from a wheelchair. I said I didn't find it amazing at all, but I just what I did. But I went on a Tony Robbins course in 2006. And at the beginning of the first day, he was talking about um, a course that he was running in California, Date with Destiny. And I really fancied it. I wanted to go. But I thought, Do you know what? It's too difficult. I didn't have an electric travel chair at that time. Um, and I thought, how would I manage? So I just dismissed it. That day that we did the fire walk, and that's walking on hot coals in bare feet. And if you're in the right mindset, you don't get burned. And although I could only walk a very few steps with help at that time, I was determined to do the fire walk, Brilliant. which I did. And I was ecstatic when I finished it. And I sat down on my chair uh, and the guy behind me, who I have no idea who he is, but he changed my life. He was a double amputee. He tipped himself up onto his hands and he walked those hot coals on his hands. Wow. And in that moment, I recognised that I was self-limiting. I booked my ticket, I booked my flight, I went off, I had a fabulous time. Since then, um, I became, I did all of his stuff. I became a, a senior leader. I've travelled the world for work and for, for personal um, you know, pleasure. That guy taught me the only thing that limits us is us. Yeah. If you think you can't, it's a done deal. If you think you can, then it's about how you solve the issues. You look for solutions to make that possible. Oh, totally. I think even um, it, it, it kind of becomes part of your natural psyche in the sense of it's now not even just about my condition. It's about having that mindset with everything that you do. Um, it's hugely powerful. I think so. We're going to have to go for a short break, but we're going to carry on the conversation after the break. So don't go away. Our mission is to educate, inspire, and honor. This is the sound of honor roaring. This is the sound 
of a generation rising above. We want to be involved in the education of young people so that they can take the stories that our pilots tell and realize their own dreams. The commemorative Air Force honors the heroes of yesterday while educating and inspiring the heroes of tomorrow. You can learn more at soundsofhistory.org. Where are you headed? Uh, just gonna hang out. If any of your buddies ever pressure you to take a drink, just tell them you promised your dad you wouldn't. I promise. Love you too, Dad. They really do hear you. For tips on what to say, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. So, before we start the final section of this show, I'd like to ask those of you who are listening, how are you self-limiting? What are the things that you tell yourself, I can't do that because? How often are you selling yourself short because you're frightened of what other people will think or you're frightened of failing? Because the mindset we have around this actually determines the outcome. If you think you can't, it's a done deal. If you think you can, then it is absolutely a process of finding ways to do it. And it might not be that you do it in the way that you would have done um, if there was an ideal world, but you can still do things and get the amazing satisfaction that that offers. So, Phil, you're facing planning the walk and doing the walk. So, so tell us more about how your can-do attitude is colouring not just this project, but your life. Yeah, it's just, well, I mean, I think the, the thing that I've come to realise is that um, with having this kind of mindset is that actually you don't, then you're not kind of scared by adversity moments you know the the things that happen to you or happen around you that that really impact you and i i think they just become more challenges to solve um and you know i take the last two years as a real case in point i mean the we've all had to cope with uh dealing with the pandemic in very different ways um and you know, assuming you've not been badly affected from a health perspective, then there are other elements to this that really, I think, have helped society in, in a, 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 a huge way, just in terms of giving everybody a little moment in time to think even about whether they're in the right place. Um, but, you know, notwithstanding that, I mean, there's just opportunity is everywhere. And I think if you're in that mindset of uh, I can't do this and I, you know, I just can't do that. You're just, you're kind of training yourself to accept that what you have is what you'll always have. And that's it. Um, whereas if you if you just flip that on its head, you, you I now see opportunity where I didn't see it before. And every, every conversation I have with someone now, to me is an opportunity to either learn something about something that I didn't know or help move something else on uh, to to its progression and all of that's actually weirdly taking me uh, further away from hospitality as it were but actually taking me uh, further down the line I suppose into doing uh, bigger world things creating your legacy yeah and you know what I don't have a clue what that is yet and but that's I find that really really exciting and I, um, it's so important because I speak to so many people who say, you know, I haven't got a sense of purpose and therefore that their lives feel purposeless. But the one thing that strikes me about you and one of the things that I really admire you for 
is you live your life with purpose. That you, that whatever you're doing, you do with a full heart and you do full out. And I think that's the way to do it, to be excited about exploring what your purpose is, but in the yeah. meantime, to live every moment fully and Absolutely. To, to look for the opportunities. And that actually comes down to me, I suppose, just being authentic with myself. If I'm really, really honest about who I am as a human being, I kind of know that this has been me the whole way through my life. Yes. That, you know, that I, I am the sort of person who likes to explore, who likes to um, go and see what that new shiny thing might look like. Yeah. Um, but I've suppressed that over the years because that's not what I, well, allegedly, that's not what I should be doing if I'm to get on with a kind of regular life. Um, but in actual fact, you know, that, that makes up part of my natural makeup, then let it free, let it go. Isn't it interesting that, you know, that, that what we believe we are supposed to be and that conditioning often comes from chance remarks when we're children from parents or teachers. Yeah. Uh, and it becomes a rigid structure that acts like a straitjacket. But once you recognise that actually this is about being true to yourself and being the best version of yourself, then the, the, the straitjacket comes off and the opportunities are there. I think Absolutely. so many people don't see them because they're not looking. They're looking down. They're looking inward rather than looking out and, and seeing what the world has to offer them. And it's an amazing sort of smorgasbord of opportunities that's that sit there just look yeah if you, hadn't, if you hadn't decided to do the walk then you would never be in contact with the production company of the tv it, it's it's crazy isn't it how things just have a habit of weaving together yeah. when when you're open and uh i think that the other key point for me gina is is around i used to beat myself up a lot around uh, if I wasn't making progress in something. And to me, now, I, I, I'm really, really comfortable with the fact that some days I wake up and I just can't be bothered. You know, there are days whereby I, I make absolute headway and you, you, know, you wake up the next day and you go, wow, that's amazing, and I'm, I'm really pumped for that. But there are some days where, I don't know, maybe you're fighting off a cold or... You know, your um, what if for whatever reason stuff going on around you has just not put you in your greatest energy state. I I just accept that that's going to be one of those days now, and that's not going to be my most productive day. Um, but uh, I used to beat myself up so much about, oh, you haven't achieved anything today. Yeah. You know, the um, but actually the thing that you achieve by listening to it is exactly that. Listen to your body. Let it be. The judge of when you're ready to push and when you're when you're not i think that's really important what i would say there's one caveat i'd add to that there's always a caveat there's always a caveat and that is <clears throat> that you know if you find that you can't be bothered day after day after day after day you have to question um your interpretation of what's going on absolutely yeah no that's a very key point yes <laughs> Um, and I think, you know, there are men, it can, can become a habit, but in the same way that pushing yourself to the nth degree, that was my habit, is that, you know, it didn't matter what the body was saying, that, that, that I would push too hard. And I think it, 
with all things in life it's finding your route through so that there's a balance yeah but ultimately if you truly listen to your authentic voice it won't take you in a wrong direction yeah but i i, I think that's such a powerful point in itself um you know you, you generally know i think instinctively whether what you're choosing to do on any given day fits you or yeah. doesn't fit you so we're pretty well at, at the end of our time now what i hope you will take out of this is to challenge your beliefs around what you're capable of and whether or not you are living your best life so phil if people want to get in touch with you where can they find you i'd say the best place is linkedin to be honest i, I am very linkedin uh, heavy uh, in in use uh, and i'm simply phil street fih which i'm a fellow of the institute of hospitality so um look me up there alternatively you can email me directly at phil at momentumrecruitment.com and those of you who are listening um, if any of what things we've been talked, uh, talking about have affected you, please do contact either Phil or contact me at Gina, G-I-N-A, at genuinely, G-E-N-U-I-N-E-L-Y, hyphen, and then the word you, Y-O-W, uh, dot com. Um, and, you know, tell me what you think. If there are any themes you want uh, covered, let us know. Um, but do get in contact. In the meantime, take care and I'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.